CBD, a lot of people say it's snake oil type claims. It's a cure-all, et cetera. It's a tool in the toolbox that can complement your wellness routines. It is not going to be the silver bullet, the hard push, the cure-all one and done. And I also hate solutions that aggressively overbalance because if you're seeing symptoms arise, typically it's from small changes that can create compounding effects over time. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here bringing you another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. On today's show, I am chatting to you all about CBD. That's right, I am answering your big CBD questions with the help of Max Poling. He's the Director of Innovation at Beam. Now, I know Beam may sound familiar to you, and that is because Beam is a longtime sponsor of the show and a partner of mine. But I knew I had to go to the experts to get the details on what we needed to know. Here is what I know going into this conversation. A couple of things, actually. I know a few things. The first thing that I know is that at this point, according to a 2019 Gallup poll, 64% of Americans are familiar with CBD and or CBD products. According to 2019 research from Consumer Reports, an estimated 64 million Americans 64 million (laughs) have tried CBD in the last 24 months. Of those who use CBD, 22% said it helped them supplement or replace prescriptions or over-the-counter options. Here's my take on CBD. I was hesitant on the whole shebang because I didn't like that I didn't exactly know what I was putting into my body. Thankfully, Max helps to shed a lot of light on exactly what CBD is, the different ways that we can use CBD, and the potential benefits that it can have. He's also really transparent on the fact that there is a lot of research to be done. And we talk about why that is. Why isn't there more research on CBD when it is such a thriving industry? I actually found statistics online that in 2019, the consumer sales of CBD products was $845 million. In 2021, it is projected to go up to $1.6 billion. I know. It's insane. So it's important that we learn about it. I'm grateful to Max for all of his helpful intel. Of course, because Beam is a partner, if you are interested in getting in on the CBD game after listening to this episode, I have a discount for you. Head on over to beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com. And use the code HURDLE at checkout for at least 15% off. And I say it like that because if you go for a subscription, which is already 20% off, then you can get up to a 35% discount. My personal favorites, the Beam Dream Powder. It tastes like a delicious cinnamon hot chocolate. It helps me sleep better. A great combination of their nano CBD Rishi, L-theanine, magnesium, melatonin, so much good stuff in there. And also I love, love, love their focus capsules, which help me just get in my groove during the workday. Like I said, I learned a lot in this episode. You got to stick with it. I know that there are some big words here. Props to Max for knowing how to pronounce all of them. 
a lot of great info to help us make more informed decisions going forward. Shout out to the Hurdle Book Club. If you are listening to this on release day, we are meeting tonight on April 21st. Really looking forward to that. The link to register if you haven't done so yet is in the show notes. Also make sure you're following along with Hurdle on social media. I have been getting after that at Hurdle Podcast Instagram game. And I would love for you to double tap, to message, to DM, to repost, all the things. It's the best. I love interacting with you guys. My gratitude is off the charts. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Max Poling. He is the Director of Innovation at Beam. How are you doing today, Max? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing great as well. So I was excited to to bring you on here today because it just felt like a natural way to, to get into a lot of the questions that I had surrounding CBD. So I think first and foremost, I mentioned you're the director of innovation at Beam. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about what that actually entails? Yeah, it's a really fun title. And uh, I take it pretty seriously from its core in that my goal is to innovate products for Beam to keep moving in the forefront of health and wellness. Uh, With that, we've started with a strong focus in cannabinoids and CBD, what we call broad spectrum hemp oil. And we've moved on to some very uh, intriguing complementary stack products that are designed towards our four functional pillars. Uh, With that, I'm in charge of not only developing and formulating these uh, supplement stacks and ingredients, but also working with our consumers to make sure that there's their core pain points are answered properly, that the products are formatted in a high productive deliverable, um, something that's easy, convenient, natural. You don't feel like you're just forcing this into your day and your habit. Um, I also work on all of our procurement, our packaging, our purchasing, and our operations logistics. So I've got a background in cannabinoid products that actually came from a personal journey of my own health and wellness goals with my wife and my own venture uh, across the last seven to eight years. And it led me to the doorstep with Beam. And over the last 18 months, I think this has been uh, the best opportunity I could find for myself to have an impact on overall like health and wellness journeys for other people as well. Well, I mean, you can't hint at that and then not like shed a little bit of light about how CBD has helped you personally. So let's let's chat on that for a second before we just dive into some of the basics. Sure. So about 2012, my wife and I were living in Costa Mesa. And unfortunately, she was starting to exhibit symptoms of degenerative disc disease. And this is a hereditary kind of spine degeneration of the discs in between your vertebrae. And it was affecting her L5 and S1, which is kind of right at the pivot of your lower back. Um, And with that, it became so debilitating that she slowly progressed to unemployment um, until eventually unemployment ran out due to uh, health and disability. And from there, um, we had this real issue of her low quality of life, pain management, pharmaceuticals, just overall, the woman I married was no longer able to enjoy life at the quality she wanted to. And and it became the most important thing for me in my life. So I was fortunate to be in a position in my career where I could walk away. Uh, We sold our house, we sold everything we owned that didn't fit in an RV. And we ended up traveling the Western coast from Tijuana to British Columbia. I retired, quote unquote, for six months, and I had the ability to do so. And uh, we just kind of vagabond, wanderlusted up and down the coast for the summer of 2015. 
And that's when we really started focusing on using CBD and cannabinoid therapies to reduce dependency on pharmacological like type supplements, whether that's opioids, uh, neurotransmitted inhibitors, like all sorts of other things that my wife was taking. We found a ton of side effects, ton of other issues with it. And at 25, 26 years old, back surgery was not something that we were wanting to consider. Uh, my father's had three back surgeries. Her father's had three or four various back surgeries on his head, neck, shoulders, et cetera. And it was not something that at that point in your life, you want to live another 75 years with. So we looked to what homeopathy type solutions were available, including acupuncture and mindfulness and all sorts of other things. But CBD really seemed to provide a rounded overall uh, effect for my wife's health that other pharmaceuticals could not bring to her. Mm. Um, she saw a lot of reduction of overall, like I call it pain volume, things of that nature. But these are her anecdotal experiences. Um, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't give medical advice. It's also her personal journey. I'm just kind of her health guide or facilitator, mm -hmm. if you will. But that sparked me into really learning and educating myself through like hemp and cannabinoid production. And when we finally ended up in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, I took a job at a rather large cannabis dispensary as a marketing manager. And I had already been doing marketing and a lot of IT and development and things of that nature. Um, and it led me into the cannabis market and where I became quickly a, a like inside industry knowledge base expert because I worked at a very large retail establishment and I made a lot of consumer education product choices. And then I disseminated that information out to my teams, held internal trainings, wanted to make sure the quality of service that we provided at that facility gave you more knowledge than, I don't know, man, it's green, smoke it, you know, that type of thing. And really using other cannabinoids besides THC to provide health, of, health and wellness results that were otherwise difficult to achieve with other options. For you versus your wife, you said a reduction in a, the pain volume, as you as you termed it. Uh, with your personal use of CBD, what have you experienced? For me, I find that it really helps me with my, like my morning and stress and mood regulation. I'm a very um, high output type person. Um, I always want to be at 105%. And for me, that can lead to my brain doesn't shut off. I have that constant weight in my shoulders. I call it my uh, shoulder earrings that I like to wear. And so uh, with that, I feel that CBD in my regimen really helps me reduce and control some of that. I also found that once I moved out of Southern California, I have a social anxiety that I was unaware of. I simply thought that the high density living and urban population type living stuff was the norm. And that's just how you feel when you go out in society. And uh, Fort Collins is a smaller metropolitan area. And so I really was able to step away from that. Now I can see that even just a Costco run for me, a little dip of CBD probably helps me on the way through the checkout line. Oh, I love this. Maybe yeah. I should advise my father for his regular Costco trips to also yeah. indulge <laughs> in some CBD. You know, it's it's something that helps me. I don't think it's a solution, cure-all, anything of that nature. That's one of the big things that I hate about our industry is that it's been treated like such a snake oil commodity and it's been so sensationalized by the media for headlines that, oh, CBD cured, blah, blah, blah. 
there's still a ton of medical research coming out here and you don't need CBD infused into your bed sheets. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. So let's, let's break it down, like literally starting from the very beginning here. So when someone says to you, what is CBD? What do you tell them? CBD is one molecule extracted from the hemp plant or the cannabis plant. period. That's it. Period. Now, if we want to get really overarching total, CBD is a cannabinoid, right? It stands for cannabidiol. Cannabidiol, a lot of people will say is a non-psychoactive, but that's not true. It still interacts with neurotransmitters in your brain. So it has psychoactivity. However, it's not intoxicating. So you're not going to feel any mental altered state when you imbibe something like CBD. What's really neat about it is that CBD can kind of, we'll call that just a placeholder for non-intoxicating cannabinoids, but it interacts with your endocannabinoid system. And this was only discovered as late as the 90s, but you have an internal system in your body that is regulated by cannabinoids or endocannabinoids from inside your body. Specifically, this is typically anatomide or 2-AG. There's also two other endocannabinoids, but point being, we have about four regulatory cannabinoids in our body. Phytocannabinoids come from outside the body. That's endo is inside, phyto is outside. We have CBD, THC, CBC, CBG. There's a million different ones. It's actually about 140 that we know, but there's basically the big five. And that's CBD, THC. Then we get into what we call minors, CBC, CBG, CBN. Broad spectrum and full spectrum oils is kind of where this gets tricky. And then there's isolates. Full spectrum oils are going to include everything extracted out of a plant. Broad spectrum are going to have a little slice of that removed, typically the THC. The other big difference is like hemp and marijuana. They're both cannabis, but one has been bred so that the genetics produce CBD instead of THC for the resin gland. And you'll notice that I know, for example, Beam advertises their CBD as THC-free CBD. I think that that can be a main point for people um, when it comes to their hesitancy on CBD because they don't fully understand what it even is that they're truly taking in. So talk to me about you know the difference between something that may be marketed as a THC-free CBD versus you know the whole the whole shebang. Sure. So it's really rare for a plant, a cannabis plant, to grow zero THC. There's this process called cannabinoid synthase. And essentially, a plant takes up all these amino acids, and then it produces this cannabinoid. And that cannabinoid sits on a capitalist stock. And that stock looks like a little arm holding an apple. And what that does is it's sticky resin. It's trying to collect male pollen and produce flowers and reseed, and the next generation goes over and over and over. We want to collect that little bit of oil because it interacts with our endocannabinoid system. And so to get it to THC-free, we have to extract all of that material, which typically occurs through CO2 supercritical extraction. That's a whole nother science talk. We can get into that. But then that oil comes through and we do a process called multi-column flash chromatography. And that allows us to specifically target THC down to like five parts per million or less. And what that does is remove that cannabinoid so that we don't have it in our full spectrum, but we have a broad spectrum. And that means that we don't just cut out THC and everything else and only want CBD because it's like having a band with only a guitar player. 
you need drums, vocals, bass, the whole thing to have a rounded sound and a full, what they're calling entourage effect or synergy effect in multiple cannabinoids, terpenes, et cetera, interacting with your body. That's, that's how we go about like pulling out THC. We don't want it for our athletes, for WADA, ADA compliance, all that type of stuff. And then also the benefit comes to other people that can't have THC in their system, whether it be employment reasons, uh, personal choice, or concern over intoxication, et cetera, et cetera. You mentioned the word benefits, which is the next question that I want to ask you about. Obviously, we talked about how CBD positively impacted your wife and both you. And of course, I'm sure many of the athletes that you just referenced that work with Beam, when we talk about benefits that can come hand in hand with CBD, what are we talking about here? I mean, a lot of the research is still out there. And as far as the USDA, FDA are concerned, there's no direct benefits from CBD. Now, what we can talk about are the actionary pathways of which we see interaction of the human endocannabinoid system and other regulatory pathways. So one of them that's really interesting is uh, positive allosteric GABA modulation. Casual. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Essentially, that means that you have these GABA receptors, which is another neurotransmitter in your brain, and CBD can help widen those receptors to allow for more uptake. Right. Similarly, CBD is showing results as an adenosine reuptake inhibitor. Adenosine is a chemical shown as a neurotransmitter in the brain that has a functionary interaction with the anxiety pathway. Now, does that mean CBD, XYZ, we make the transgressive property? No. Right now, there are no claim benefits for CBD. I'm very tight about that. This mm. is why we have other complementary ingredients, though. So if we know that CBD could help positively modulate GABA, GABA has some roles in sleep. We pair that with melatonin, magnesium, L-theanine, a reishi mushroom extract. This is the complementary stack for DREAM that creates such a wonderful sleep product. There's some other systems like your digestive system, your immune systems, all sorts of different cells in your body are shown to have endocannabinoid receptors on them, the CB1 and CB2 receptor I talked about. Exactly what that role is, exactly what it does. The science is too young. The studies aren't there. The legislative ability to conduct those studies isn't quite there yet on a lot of this. Right. And that's because, I mean, because CBD and THD so closely correlated, a lot of government funding won't go toward research that has to do with that. Is that correct? Yeah, a lot of it is because of its Schedule One narcotics uh, designation as a marijuana extract or, mm. or cannabis product. Now, there are some of the farm bill regulations that allow in-state programs for hemp production, et cetera. We saw a big jump in 2018 with some federal legalization there. Um, there's still a lot of gray area. The USDA, FDA need to make rulings on how these products are regulated, um, there's no mandatory qualifications for testing, uh, all these types of issues that still exist in a young market. As we see more legislation come in, more ability to research these would come through because the ethics and legality of researching a Schedule One narcotic like heroin aren't really allowing you to do a test to see if heroin helps with pain. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Gooder. Who doesn't love cute sunglasses? 
that's a rhetorical question because everybody loves cute sunglasses. And now this is a time of year when it is appropriate to get on your sunglass game. The good news is that Gooder, G-O-O-D-R, has got you covered with their no bounce, no scratch, polarized styles starting at just $25. Seriously. I am a huge fan of their Blackout Mach Gs that are perfect for everything from, God, sprinting around the track, which I did yesterday along the East River, to wearing to run errands and shop and go to brunch and just look cute. But just because I'm a black sunglass human doesn't mean that you have to be. In fact, if you are a fan of color, then you are in the right hands. They have styles in every shade, a fit for every person. Of course, Gooder has an awesome offer for you. Head on over to gooder.com slash hurdle. That's G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle and use the promo code hurdle2020. 21 to get $10 off at checkout. Amazing discount here. Again, that is gooder.com slash hurdle. Use code hurdle2021 to get $10 off at checkout. I think what's also interesting here um, and and appreciated, at least by me, is this transparency. And um, I know one of the questions that came in before was talking about ingesting CBD versus topical CBD. So talk to me about kind of how that differentiates what your maybe your experience could be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, topical CBD feels really safe because we don't put it in our body. We put it on our body. It's typically a localized you know, application. The thing about topical CBD is that your skin's really, really good at keeping things out of your body. Like that's what it's designed to do. Also, CBD is oil-based and your skin is mostly water and oil and water, oil floats. So it's really difficult to really get any sort of topical CBD application below literally a skin deep level. And so we call it topical versus transdermal, which would be something that's been made to actually penetrate your skin and enter your bloodstream, like a transdermal patch or something of that nature. Um, So applying topically, it's great for surface level applications. I have kind of a, um, I slipped doing some shake and bake, teaching some kids how to play lacrosse. And I twisted up a little bit of soft tissue underneath my right patella. And I find if I don't keep good form during running or cycling, I can get a little irritation on the inside of my knee. It's great to apply for me CBD topically. It kind of helps with some of the soreness, et cetera. I also find it it pushes other parts of my ritual or wellness routine in that I'm massaging that area. I'm taking the time to stretch. It is a tool in my toolbox, mm. right? And I'm a big proponent of this. It's like CBD, a lot of people say it's snake oil type claims. It's a cure-all, et cetera. It's a tool in the toolbox that can complement your wellness routines. It is not going to be the silver bullet, the hard push, the cure-all one and done. And I also hate solutions that aggressively overbalance because if you're seeing symptoms arise, typically it's from small changes that can create compounding effects over time. So when we talk about a topical application, it's great, but it's great in a routine. If you're looking to really target some things internally, ingesting CBD can help your endocannabinoid system regulate where it needs cannabinoids. 
CBD as a part of a routine. I mean, that's kind of how we view all of health and wellness, right? It's like you can't run your body into the ground and not prioritize recovery or nutrition. Just like if you're only thinking about your nutrition, well, that might help you feel great, but it's still important for you to move around every once in a while. So you really want to think holistically when it comes to your overall wellness routine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been the biggest change for me as I've grown into my 30s is is readjusting my relationship with fitness, wellness, health as as my relationship with movement and well-being over what's on the scale, how do I physically appear and look in the mirror, etc. If I can crush whatever I'm doing and feel good while I'm doing it, that is how I feel healthy and well. For sure. Another question coming in from the hurdle community here. I see that some CBDs can be super pricey and other ones not so much. Is there anything specific that I should look into when it comes to buying my CBD so that I know that I'm buying something that's safe? Yeah, absolutely. There's no regulation currently mandated by any government body, um, some state bodies on small things. But you need to make sure that there's third-party laboratory testing on all of your hemp or cannabinoid products. Uh, hemp is really good at a, being a bioaccumulator, and this means that it can grab almost any heavy metal pesticides, all sorts of things like that, out of soil and put it in the finished material. And when we're extracting cannabinoids from hemp, we're extracting everything and concentrating it. And so we're taking all of that and smushing it down into a little tiny funnel, keeping all that essence. And typically, if there's pesticides, heavy metal residues, et cetera, you're going to concentrate that too. So you want to look for third-party tests that make sure that you're covering some of those toxins. And then additionally, your cannabinoid test should look like there's strong results on it. And what I mean by that is um, if it claims to have a spectrum of cannabinoids but only shows a big old single bar graph in one column, that's not a spectrum. That is an outlier. And then maybe some tiny little stuff. You want to see at least... 1%, 2% of other minor cannabinoids in your spectrums when you look across a product. Additionally, you don't want to see a product that is like dark and black and tastes like wheatgrass and really strong hemp earth flavors because that typically means it's low refined. And when we extract hemp, we take all this biomass, we put it in a big old pressurized tube, we blast CO2 through it, and out comes this big old paste, but it's full of like the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids that are all up in hemp seeds and hemp milk and everything like that. So we have to separate those. And when we do, you can just have this like dark black crude oil and bottle that up and call it a tincture, or you can actually refine it, distill it, and then we do that chromatography to remove THC, and we're left with a product that is beautifully golden. Um, At room temperature, it becomes a crystalline product because it's so pure that the cannabinoids actually bind together and create like rock candy. Mm. And so you want to be looking at a lot of these marks of quality. It shouldn't smell like a total hemp field. It should have third-party laboratory testing. You should have a spectrum of cannabinoids. And you should be looking for uh, heavy metal and pesticide results. And then another question that came in from the hurdle community asking about building up a tolerance. Can you build a tolerance up for CBD so that you might have to start taking more? And is that something that could be of concern? Yeah, the human body is really good at adapting to adverse situations over time. Um, As you put more 
cannabinoids into your body, you will get less response over time through your ECS or endocannabinoid system. Now, that doesn't always mean you won't get the same results because there's some theories that cannabinoid deficiency can be kind of overcome, rebalanced, and set into like a maintenance serving. Um, there's also going to be symptomatic use cases where you may see that, oh, I've got a trigger and thus I want to take an additional serving, something of that nature. Um, over time, yes, but CBD doesn't have, again, like very specific, directly noticeable results on an acute short timeline. It has more results like my allergy medicine where I take it over time and I progressively get better results. And then I find a maintenance serving that I tend to stick at and continue through. It's very much like adaptogens. And I know that makes sense because a lot of the things that are in your quote unquote stacks happen to be adaptogens as well. Serving size, really important thing to touch on before I let you go here today. When it comes to someone who may just be reaching for what could be the most common way to take CBD, which I would say would be through an oil or a tincture, what would you say is a good amount to start off with? You know, a lot of people start with our 500 milligram serving size. It's a 30 ml bottle. So it has 30 servings. One milliliter is a serving. 500 milligrams seems to be attractive to new people because it gives them a good entry price point. But I also find that to get effective servings, most people have to take up to two milliliters to really see that result. And they want to start low and slow. So they take one, they move up, they move up until they get their effect. I find my friends and family start with about a thousand mil bottle, and that is a 16 milligram serving size. Um, it is something that's really unique about the endocannabinoid system, that it's not tied to your height, weight, sex, ethnicity, or anything for your tolerance or responsiveness. And you can have 500 pound, eight foot tall men and... 12-pound people respond on totally different parts of this spectrum curve. So always start low and slow, 10 to 15 milligram servings. Increase from there. See where you're comfortable with. Use it until you get results. Are there any other myths that you would like to dispel about CBD use before I let you go? Yeah, you don't need CBD in everything. I mean, like it it can be a moisturizer. It can be antimicrobial. It shouldn't be in hand sanitizer. Like the there's a lot of products that are on the market that take something that's already a product and then just throw CBD in it for the effect, for the branding, for the z the zazz on the it. The zazz. Yeah. And it's buzzy and that's great. But Hand sanitizer is effective because it has over 70 to 90% isopropyl alcohol in it or ethanol. That's what's antimicrobial. The CBD oil has no effect in comparison to how much the ethanol is sanitizing. Similarly, like a CBD toothpaste, you don't need CBD in your toothpaste. It's not in your mouth even that long to really absorb, right? It's not doing a great job at being an antimicrobe. Yes, will it? Most oils are. You don't see molds growing in olive oil, right? But I also don't infuse my bed sheets with olive oil because that would be silly and a sticky mess. <laughs> so when you come to a CBD product, think to yourself like one, quality. Is this a quality brand? Does it represent itself as a quality brand? 
And then two, does this make claims that seem outlandish? Um, three, is CBD really necessary to make this a better product? If it didn't have it, would it otherwise function? Mm-hmm. And typically we see any product that answers yes to those is going to f- burn out in the next six to eight months. People will stop buying it. Like in uh, there was one CBD exercise clothes that I thought was quite funny because once you wash them, I'm not sure how the CBD would stick around. (laughs) We are unsure about these things. Oh, man. Well, I really appreciate all of your insight into this. I think that, again, CBD can uh, definitely come off a little complicated feeling, but it's really helpful when people like you can come into the mix and help break it down in a way that might take a second, but is definitely easier to understand. Max Poling, Director of Innovation at Beam. Thanks so much for talking to us today. How do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with Beam? Give me the details. Yeah, you can find Beam on Instagram at Beam, B-E-A-M. You can also find us on our new TikTok. I believe we also are on the Twitters. And if you're looking (laughs) for me, I'm on Instagram at MaxPower970, but it's just my boring old personal account. (laughs) I'm ready to keep up with your boring old personal account. (laughs) A lot of pictures of my dog. I love it. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.